As a communist, she thought there just must be more to life than this. But what was it? Jesus told the Ephesians to persevere, and that's exactly what she did. She persevered until she found that loving relationship with Jesus Christ. Stay tuned to find out more. Istanbul, historically known as Byzantium and Constantinople, is the largest city in Turkey and sits on the border between Europe and Asia. The city straddles the Bosphorus Strait, which is a waterway between the Black Sea and the Marmara Sea. It is the world's narrowest strait used for international navigation and is one of the busiest shipping routes in the world, giving Russia, Ukraine, Bulgaria, Romania, and Georgia access to the Aegean and Mediterranean seas. Behind me is the Bosphorus, the dividing point between East and West, between different civilizations, different cultures. Yesterday we took a cruise that I want to share with you right now, some phenomenal things we saw. You'll be amazed at the castles, at, at buildings, at the culture of the people you see. Along the 19-mile route are the remains of the Rumelian Castle, built at the narrowest point of the strait by the Ottoman Sultan Mehmed II in 1451, before he conquered Constantinople. At the confluence of the Black Sea and the Bosphorus on the Asian side of the straits sits Yoros Castle. Remains in the area date back to centuries BC. The remains of Yoros Castle date back to 1305.
Lydia, it's so good to be with you in your home today. I appreciate the invitation. I'm very happy that God planned for us to meet. It's all about the Lord, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Now, I understand we're here today because you're now a Christian, but it wasn't always so. It wasn't always like this. Can you share a little of that? Christ lives in our hearts since our birth, and the Holy Spirit is always working in our heart. I became an Adventist in 1995, but I was baptized in 2003. So did you go to church at all when you were a child? No. Later on in life did you go? Yes, to the Orthodox Church. Now, I understand you're a school teacher. Yes, I was a teacher. Did you teach communism to the students? During the communism, I wasn't a teacher then. I was a bookkeeper and a tax inspector. It's hard for me to imagine Growing up in a in a totally free country, what what was it like for you at the time before Perestroika? Each family had their own opinion back then about the communist idea. It wasn't clear to everyone back then like it is today. But somewhere along the line here, over these years, as you're thinking, you came across the radio program. Is that correct? Yes. Share with me what happened, if you would. I started to have a different attitude with my close ones, but in the first place, it was my way toward life and my relationship with my neighbors. Slowly, I started changing as a person. You say a miracle way. Why, why do you call it a miracle way that you had these changes? This happened slowly and steady. The first time I noticed that I started to change, it was a conversation with my son. When he asked me, why are you going to this church on Saturday? If I can, I want to go back just for a second to tell me what the Lydia of the old days used to be like before, because if everyone started seeing these changes, you must have been very different. Well, I was left without my husband, and having no money followed that. All my problems in life were almost like small explosions. This made me jump. I wasn't stable. I always told my son more than he needed to know, while raising my voice at him. When he asked me the questions, why are you going, I asked him if he sees the difference in me from before and how I am now. And what did he reply to you? He didn't answer me, and never again did he ask me why I went to church. Now your neighbors also noticed the difference. You, you must have been fairly, you say loud, but it must have been quite a bit to notice the difference. 
Actually, with my neighbors, I always have a peace. But we used to celebrate with a lot of people behind a table of food and wine. And after a while, I stopped drinking wine, and they start to label me. So Russians are known for quite a bit of vodka consumption. You, you too, before you knew Christ? Yes, of course. But no alcohol now? Yes, sober. And it wasn't a bad thing. I actually felt a lot better. Amen, amen. Now, did your students, you're a school teacher, did your students know the difference? I always tried to be very respectful to my students. They wouldn't have known the difference in my behavior because they knew me when I was with Christ. As you can see, AWR is frontline mission radio. Our first priority is to travel where missionaries cannot go. We broadcast thousands of hours each day in 70 major languages of the world. AWR has the capability and capacity of blanketing almost 80% of the world's population. Not only do we broadcast via shortwave radio, but our signal is on over 1,000 FM and AM stations around the world as well. Our podcast subscribers, internet users, satellite downlinks are growing rapidly, evidenced by the 100,000 plus emails, letters, and phone calls we receive each and every year. Yes, AWR is your mission radio. No walls and no borders. For AWR, that means change lives and change hearts around the world because God is using the airwaves of AWR to reach people everywhere. Mehmed II combined the old Byzantine administration into the Ottoman state. His reign is also known for religious tolerance, especially among the conquered Christians, which was very unusual for Europe in the Middle Ages. He kept the Byzantine church functioning. However, in 1453, he also ordered the Hagia Sophia to be converted to a mosque. The bells, altar icons, and sacrificial vessels were removed and many of the mosaics were eventually plastered over. The mihrab is a niche in the wall of a mosque in the direction of Mecca and the minbar is a pulpit with stairs elevating the imam above the worshippers. Here he can both be seen and heard. At a later date the four minarets were added. I understand we have the privilege today of being here and it's your first day of retirement. They offered me a job as an accountant. Now, if I can go back, when you heard the, the programs on AWR and your life began to change, did you also uh, uh, apply for studies at our studio? Да. Yes, Voice of Hope sent Bible homework. 
и открываешь Библию каждый день. And even if I open the Bible every day and read the text over that is familiar to me, but in this text I find something new and something astonishing. Что-то новое, удивительное. So you as an educated woman discovered something new and exciting. It's very nice to hear educated people, but when a person opens the Bible looking for Christ, he will always find something in the book to help him every time. So the foot of the cross is the leveler for all people. Yes, yes. What would you tell people, what do you tell people, why has your life changed? How do you share that message with others? Because before we got out here today, you told me that you do share. Трудно сказать, когда вот поставить штамп, что я вот тогда-то говорю, то It's hard to say. I usually repeat the same things over and over, but usually it just depends on who the person is and what his situation is. Трудности какие-то в жизни. One person will be sad and another will have challenges in his life. And with all these people, I try and direct them toward Christ and his suffering. I tell them that it's not about us, but how we live our lives. There's people around the world listening and watching to this program, and they're listening to you, Lydia. Why? What, what would you tell them, or why they need Jesus also? What kind of comfort have you found? I can't imagine my life without Jesus, but what can I say about people? They chose their own road in life. But if you want a good life here on earth and life in heaven, then we have no other way to Christ. Ellen White said, path to heaven starts off from the road that are here on the earth. I bet you're extremely happy that you had turned on that radio dial that day and found AWR, aren't you? Yeah. When I first heard it, it was something big and not understandable. In the year 538, God's 1260-year prophecy began. But one year before that, in 537, the Emperor Justinian built this massive chapel, Hagia Sophia, right on top of two other Christian churches. It is massive, it is tremendous, but another interesting thing happened in the 15th century. Islam came in and took it over, and that's why you notice many of the Islamic signatures on all the different walls and things. Today also, you can see outside massive buttresses that are building up over here, we notice structures that are supporting walls. They're reworking the place. But, you know, if you were over 1,400 years old, you'd need some help, too. 
The Hagia Sophia was originally constructed between 532 and 537 AD by Emperor Justinian I and was the third church to be built on the spot. The previous churches were destroyed by riots. Its massive dome is considered to be the epitome of Byzantine architecture and have changed the history of architecture. For nearly 1,000 years, it was the world's largest cathedral until the completion of the Seville Cathedral in 1520. Justinian chose the physicist Isidora of Miletus and the mathematician Anthemus of Trellis as the architects. Materials were brought in from all over the empire, including columns from the Temple of Artemis at Ephesus and various colored stones from Egypt, Syria, and the Bosphorus region. Worn by the feet of century after century of Christian worshipers, and then worn by century after century of Islamic worshipers, and now tourists, look at where it started out. It seems like solid marble, and it's worn that far by human traffic. One of the favorite things people like about AWR is its stories. We have stories from all over the world. Some of them involve danger. Many of them involve miracles of God, but certainly all of them involve the miracle of changed lives. I've written a little book of some of the favorite stories in the face of death. Another, radios given by angels, coming to Christ in a Muslim country. These and many other stories it's simple. Just log on to www.awr.org storybook and you can download your free PDF version of stories from places where missionaries cannot go. Do it now so you and your family can immediately enjoy these incredible testimonies of changed lives from around the world. So don't wait. Log on now to www.awr.org storybook. On May 7, 558, an earthquake destroyed the main dome. The emperor ordered an immediate restoration. Isidorus, the nephew of Isidore of Miletus, was entrusted with the restoration. He used lighter materials and elevated the dome by more than 20 feet, bringing the height up to its current 182 feet. But this was not the last time the dome would be damaged by earthquakes. It was again shaken in January 869 and also in October of 989. Over the centuries, the church was decorated with beautiful mosaics and at one time contained many religious relics. Designed as an earthly mirror of the heavens, the interior of Hagia Sophia succeeds in imparting a true celestial feel. The artistic highlights are a number of glistening figurative mosaics, remains of the decoration that once covered the walls but have otherwise mostly disappeared. The remarkable works of Byzantine art date from the 9th century or later after the iconoclastic era. Many churches of this period contain icons or images of the Holy Family, including Christ at various ages and the Apostles. Some of the greatest pieces of art were to be found in these cathedrals, 
In 726, Emperor Leo issued a series of edicts against the veneration of images and ordered the army to destroy all icons. It was during this period that the statues and all religious pictures were removed from the Hagia Sophia. In 1935, the first Turkish president, Ataturk, transformed the church, turned mosque, into a museum. The carpets were removed and the marble floor decorations appeared for the first time in centuries. Expert restorers painstakingly removed the plaster covering the mosaics. The Hagia Sophia was so richly and artistically decorated that Justinian proclaimed, Solomon, I have outdone thee. Lydia, tell me, how did you first find the AWR program? I lived in Ural, and there I was searching for the program Voice of Hope, and I listened to it. Oh, so you were actually tuning the dial, looking for something Christian? Yes. Was AWR the first program? Yes, program of Voice of Hope. What caused you to stop right there and not look anymore? Because the program was built in a very friendly way. It was comfortable to listen to Victor's voice. The good feeling that I received inside continued, so I had no problem listening to it. Let's go back to that day. Share with me if you can, and I imagine you can remember, but what was going through your mind and your heart at that moment when you came across that first Christian program? They felt like my close friends. Wow, I, I don't know what to say after that. That's just wonderful. Okay. What's your favorite part of the program, or do you have a favorite part? Well, of course, I waited for the preaching. They had small ceremonies. Yes, that's what I was waiting for. So that really touched your heart then? Yes. Now, did they have also a little health talk? Yes, there were topics on health. But I was mostly waiting for the sermon. Isn't it wonderful how God speaks to each one of us in a little different way? It's a miracle, and it's amazing, and it's all about our life. Amen. What a sweet and friendly lady. She's the kind of person you just enjoy being around. She's so hospitable and happy. But apparently she wasn't always that way. She told us that earlier in her life, sometimes she wasn't very patient and sometimes she spoke rather sharply to people. But a change came in her life and she attributes the change to listening to the voice of hope. Change, transformation. That's what happens when the love of Jesus fills a person's heart. We're standing here in the, what remains of the city of Ephesus. One of the churches that the Apostle John established so many years ago. 
This is the temple of Hadrian here. And it may be that the Christians worshipped in a building somewhere up along this road. The Apostle John wrote to the church here in Ephesus, and in chapter 5 of his book of Ephesians, verse 1, he tells them to be imitators of God, to live a life of love, just as Christ loved us. That's our goal. That's the way Lydia lived when she found Christ. And I'm sure the people of Ephesus here showed that kind of love to one another as well. We invite you to share your encouragement and support with AWR to keep this message on the airwaves. There's certainly a lot of people to help. The message of Jesus Christ must reach these people. If you'd like to join AWR and partner with us, give us a call, 1-866-503-3531. Or you can write us at 12501 Old Columbia Pike, Silver Spring, Maryland, 20904. Or log on to our website at www.awr.org. Thank you for watching and please join us again for another exciting gospel adventure because around the world, AWR is making waves. <laughs>